Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Habesha Finance Podcast. I'm Matt. Today, I'm going to be talking about the seven best college planning tips for high school students. So if you're a senior, a junior, a sophomore, even a freshman, you know, you definitely want to listen to today's podcast. And if you're a parent or if you're an uncle or an aunt or whoever, and you know someone can benefit from today's podcast about planning for college and the tips that I'm going to share, please do share this podcast with that person. You know, you're never too young. To start planning for college, especially nowadays when college can be quite expensive if you're not careful. Every day that you or the person you know, your child or your niece or nephew, has to prepare and plan is an opportunity that must not be wasted. My college experience was decent to say the least. Nothing spectacular. It could have been better. My grades could have been better. I could have taken fewer to zero student loans with you know, proper planning. I just didn't know a lot and graduated in five years, actually five and a half years with over $40,000 in student loans. Now I learned quite a bit from my college experience and that's what I want to share with you today. And so these are going to be the top seven college planning tips. And we'll start with the first one, the GPA score, also known as your grade point average. The average letter grades you earn in high school This is the average letter grades you earn in high school based on a 0 to 4.0 scale or a 5.0 scale. I'm bringing up the GPA first because this number determines whether or not you graduate from high school. According to the National Association for College Admission Counseling, 81% of colleges rated grades in all courses as considerably important. So yeah, your GPA matters. Some of us reach our senior year of high school and realize we could have done more in the past for our GPA. Now, I encourage you to simply do what you can in your senior year to help boost your GPA. This means you got to talk to your counselors and teachers to help you turn things around. That's what they're there for. I have found most teachers are more willing to help a student who is determined to make up for the past. And if you're concerned, Whether or not you'll get accepted to college with your grades, don't worry. There's a strategy for that that I'll talk about later in this podcast. All right, the second tip revolves around clubs and sports. Getting involved is so important that I recommend my students try to get involved with at least four to five clubs and sports throughout high school and at least try to hold leadership positions in one or two of them. This could mean you're the secretary in Spanish club and the vice president in beta club or the captain of the track team. The point is that you get involved in the extracurricular activities your school has to offer as early as your freshman year. This way you develop skills and traits that will benefit you as a human. And when it comes to apply for college, you will have the credentials. You will have what they're looking for when you fill out the quote unquote, what did you do section on the college applications. Even if, okay, listen, Even if the college you want to go to is not particular in your extracurricular activities, I still recommend you get involved with one or two activities. There is a social benefit to doing this, especially if the organization you join does community service. You can never go wrong serving communities that need help. 
All right, the next tip revolves around SAT and ACT score. Next to your GPA, your SAT or ACT score is another grade that will have a big impact on getting into most colleges. I say most because now there are over a thousand colleges and as that number is continuing to grow and grow, that do not require an SAT or ACT score. However, this is where your GPA plays a big role in how involved you were if you decide to go to a college that does not really look at your SAT or ACT score. You basically need to have all the other credentials if you're going to go to a school that doesn't require an SAT or ACT score. I still think you should take the SAT or ACT test and you know the best time to take your first test is in your junior year of high school. Again, the best time to take the SAT or ACT test is in your junior year of high school. Why should you take this test so early? Well, it's not that early. I remember taking the SAT early in my second semester of my junior year as I was planning for college. I did well on my first attempt, but thankfully, I allowed myself plenty of time to study more and take the exam a couple of more times so I can get a higher score. So take your first SAT or ACT test somewhere in the beginning or the middle of your junior year in high school. This way you will have time to review and study and just do better the second or third time. Now for income qualified individuals and families, check to make sure that you have the ability to get a waiver for the SAT and ACT tests. Basically, if you have free or reduced lunch, you should be able to take those tests for free. Check with your school counselor or administrative office for more information, and they should be able to confirm this for you. Also, with that, you should be able to waive college application fees if you have uh, free or reduced lunch. I remember having this opportunity that I did not take for granted. I was so appreciative of having the SAT test fees waived and the college application fees waived for me because of our low income status. This was a big, big plus. All right, the next tip, number four, college financial planning. Now, I came from a family that did not have a lot of money to send me through a four-year college and graduate debt-free. In retrospect, one of my biggest regrets was not taking advantage of a more affordable education at community college and then transferring to the quote-unquote school of my dreams to complete a four-year degree. Pay attention to this next statement. Stay away from student loans for your bachelor's degree. Hopefully that wasn't understated, and I will say it again. Stay away from student loans for your bachelor's degree. I want you to understand that there are so many avenues to graduate from a two- or a four-year college debt-free that you should never have to feel like you need to take a student loan. This is why I bring up the topic of scholarships. you got to realize that there are millions of dollars in scholarships that go unclaimed each year, and so you have no excuse. So what do you do? Talk to your high school, talk to the college that you will be attending about scholarship opportunities, and then check out these three websites, fastweb.com, scholarships.com, and then myscholly.com. You need to understand that your full-time job during your senior year of high school is to apply to hundreds and hundreds of scholarships. I'm not even kidding. Make it a minimum of a thousand scholarship applications that you fill out. Even if you only get a handful, let's say 30 to 40 scholarships, averaging about $500 each, that's $15,000 to $20,000 right there. Do you understand? Do you get my point? This is possible, and I recommend this be your first avenue for handling your financial responsibility for college. Please, again, never, ever apply for student loans 
just to get your four-year degree. Next, I want to talk about choosing an affordable college. I am going to give you the same advice I give to parents and youth in my community. Choose a college you can afford without student loans, plain and simple. I get it. You want to go to the college your friends are all going to, the, the college that has this awesome football program, the college with a really cool fountain in the middle of the campus. Um, that was one of the reasons why I went to the school I went to. But none of those things will help you pay for your college education and build a future of prosperity for you. And so I will repeat it loud and clear. Choose a college you can afford. All right. The majority of us don't really know what we want to do until the third or fourth year of college, so it doesn't make sense for you to have to pay so much money on education when you can be saving that money and worry less about the finances. At the same time, you will free yourself to think about what you want to do, and believe me, you will be so much further along than if you didn't choose the path of going to a more affordable college. When you are prepared to transfer to whatever college, university you always wanted to go to, guess what? You will have completed so many of your courses that you are in a better position than half the people at that college. Believe me, not everyone I entered college with made it past the first year and even more, never even graduated. So be smart and choose your college wisely, not just about the academics and what they have to offer from an academia perspective, but also from a financial perspective standpoint. You want to go to a college that you can afford. All right. The sixth tip revolves around AP classes and SAT2 tests. One great benefit in high school nowadays is the ability to take tests that give you college credits. This is a huge benefit because you can literally get a jump start on college by the time you're a senior in high school. If your school offers AP classes, then there's no reason why you or your the student you know shouldn't try to take at least one or two of these kinds of classes. I will say that if you're not interested in AP courses, then don't feel pressured to take those courses. There are plenty of students who do just fine in life without taking an AP course in high school. I would rather students be comfortable learning at a level appropriate for them than to force those same students in classes they have no desire for. However, my message to all students is to take your education seriously no matter what kind of courses you take. Please do not take your education for granted. You, especially those who are living in the United States of America, have the greatest opportunity, the greatest chance, and the most privileges living here in this country. So do not take that education that is given to you for granted. Do not take that for granted. SAT subject exams aren't necessary, but they can help a student who may not have done so well in a class showcase their knowledge in a specific subject to a college they want to be accepted to. And so these subject tests basically help make up for any poor performance that you've had in a, you know, one of your classes during high school. Like I said, they aren't necessary, but they can help you if you didn't do so well in a specific subject in high school. And that helps the colleges say, okay, you know, you may not have done well in the class, but you understand the information. You did well on that test. So I'll leave that up to you. You know your grades. You know what your high school transcript is going to be like. You have to make that choice according to your specific situation. Now, the final tip for planning for college is about dual enrollment. Dual enrollment is when a student is taking college courses during his or her time in high school. So a high school student will have one or two classes in the morning at the regular school he or she is enrolled in, 
and then in the afternoon we'll go to a local college and take another class or two or maybe take online classes i'm not sure i'm sure they have this kind of opportunity somewhere but you guys hear this out this is a great way for students to earn college credits and see what college is going to be like i actually never had the opportunity to do this but i talked to many high school students in my community who speak positively of this program what's even better is that those college courses are available to high school students for free tuition and textbooks are covered as part of the dual enrollment program Man, if I could knock out two or three college courses while I was in high school, then I definitely would have done this just to save the money. I mean, yeah, getting the experience is great, but you're getting these courses for free in the textbooks that come with them, and that's a great opportunity. So those those are the seven tips that I have for you, and I hope these help you while you plan for college while you go through high school. You know, make it something fun. Don't try to make it something you know, like you have to do like a checklist of things that you're just dreading to do. Really involve your parents, involve your family, make this something enjoyable because college is a great place to go to. College is awesome. But if you end up $40,000 in student loan debt like I was or $80,000, $100,000 just for that four-year degree, then it becomes a burden and then you just have a really bad experience, a really bad college experience because you end up tied to that student loan debt and sometimes it can cause stress and it can cause just anxiety on trying to figure out how you're going to pay that student loan debt with an education that may not have yielded the type of career or income that you were looking forward to. So plan, plan, plan. College is all about the choices you make. The path you create for yourself is established on a collective group of individual decisions that you've got to be educated on. And so to conclude this podcast, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. He said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Thank you for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful and purposeful week.